good to be together in the house of God. Look, my name's Renee and I am a proud Bundjalung woman from the northern rivers of New South Wales, Byron Bay, with kin ties to the Torres Strait Islands and South Sea Islands. And so it's so great for me to be here on uh, NADOC week. That's really important to me because I love our people and I love this nation. I love our church. Um, and so personally, I actually just want to take a minute to acknowledge all of our elders Online, if you're watching, all of our elders, whatever lands that you're gathered on, I want to pay my respects to you. And I want to thank you for how you've stewarded our land, how you've held culture, how you've carried it over. We honour our elders today. Also want to acknowledge all of my Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander brothers and sisters. I love you. I love being family with you. I want to acknowledge all of my brothers and sisters in God. I thank God for you and the diversity in our lives, the beautiful mosaic, the reflection of God's image that's right in this house with all of our gifts together. This is what it looks like. This is what God looks like. God is so big. He needs to reflect Himself in all of us. And my encouragement is that we just lean into everyone's story because there's so much we can learn from each other, right? So let's just pray. Because God, this is all about you today. We're gathered in your house. So sovereign God, creator of all things, how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity. Here we all are unified under one name, the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for today and what you're going to speak to every individual. In your precious and holy name, amen. Amen. Well, it's a real honour for me to be here with you on a special special Sunday. I am the children's pastor. So if I'm a little bit loud, don't worry. If your kids are here, where's all the kids at? Yay, go kids. You are so welcome here. I love it when family gets together. I love our children. It's quite funny though, because I wasn't always a kids pastor. Oh, you might have met my senior lead pastor, Pastor Josh Greenwood. He's about yay high, runs around, high-pitched voice. I know he might be watching this online so I can say what now. He is awesome. He's deadly. I taught him everything he knows. Here's a couple of pictures of us doing a reconciliation. Oh, maybe they've all gone through, but he's a lovely man and I know he sends his regards to you guys. Um, So just a little bit about my history. So I wasn't always a pastor. It's okay. I'm just like everyone else. I grew up in Liverpool. I worked with people with special needs, actually from 16 to 36. That is where my training ground is. I got involved in my local church. I just loved it. God did a great work in my life. I couldn't help but want to be a part of everything. I was in the creative team. And as I grew in starting to learn who I was, I started to realise, oh, I'm actually like creativity and then I started to pursue it through the worship team and then I started to be a part of like you know conferences and dressing up as characters and then I went to C3 Bible College for five years to study acting and theatre craft getting myself ready for the mission of God to be an actress and then God said great Renee you ready kids ministry and then They asked me at Futures Church to come and be the kids pastor and this is no word of a lie, my response. Oh no, 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 no. I'm not a pastor. I'm an actress. And they were like, okay. (laughs) 
But then God had other plans for me and He has a great sense of humour as well. And He said, no, Renee, I, I, you're either going to be the kids' pastor. And so I was. And now I absolutely, I love it. And I still love to entertain. I sing in a band, a blues band. I love it. And um, I also love to act as a pastor. I get to do that every weekend, which is great. And I'm also an artist and I love to express, you know, the heart of God through art, in particularly Aboriginal art. So good morning, everyone. It's so good to be here. You guys all warm? You feeling good? What about a bit of a shake? Give it a bit of a shake. Yeah, that's what we do in kids. We get them to stand up. I won't get you to stand up. It's okay. So just a little bit about my cultural identity. So on my dad's side, I have, there's a great inheritance there with my Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander identity. My mum's side, my dad, Uncle Cole, he's sitting over there um, and in the deadly shirt, which means awesome, bright, shiny shirt. (laughs) And then there's my mum, Auntie Nola, and her history goes back to England and Norwegian. And so there's Viking in there and I love that. So I'm like, okay, I got Aboriginal and there's Viking. Great. Then there's Irish great. And I'm looking through and then I have a French name, Renee Michel. Great. And I love that I have a diversity. I love that I have connection. This is the tapestry that God made me. And I'm sure we all have many cultural inputs into our lives. We've all got ancestry, people that have paved the way for you to be here today. The thing is, is that as much as I have my cultural um, background, I also have a cultural identity, the things that have shaped who I am today, my worldview and how I live, how I understand my world. My first cultural identity that I understand is I am an Aussie kid. I'm a wheat bix kid. I went to swimming. I played netball. I watched Neighbours. I go camping on holidays with my family. I grew up with Blinky Bills, Buffalo Bills. I remember the $2 bill. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Yeah, so that is me. Watching the cricket, I, I am a true blue Aussie kid. The other thing about me is I'm a military kid. So we lived in Canberra for a while and my dad was at Duntroon. Um, my dad, he's sitting over there, is the Warren Officer Class 1 RSM. He's got his OAM for his service. He's been on multiple tours of duty. But that's, that's what other people celebrate him for. I celebrate him because my dad marched up and down our street practising drill with his Sam Brown on and his footy shorts, and he was not even worried about it. I was like, this is so embarrassing, Dad. But I am very familiar with the story and the culture of army families moving, kind of the complexities. I'm used to having all of my stuff issued by the army. If I'm going on school camp, I've got like a army issued like backpack and duffel bag and sleeping bag. And so that's another part of my culture. Another very primary part of my culture is I am a Christian. I was brought up in a Christian family. So prayer, going to church was a non-negotiable. If you were my friend in high school and you stayed over, 
you're coming to church. That was the rule on Sunday. So we've always had Scriptures. My mum puts Scriptures around everywhere, on your plate, in front of your door, just like telling you, this is what you will be doing. You will be serving God. You will be in the house of the Lord. And then there's my Torres Strait and uh, Aboriginal culture, which I learned a lot. Really, a lot of that connection was through school programs. I had aunties take me out on like tours and teach me weaving and painting and all about our rich cultural history. And I absolutely, I grew up thinking, this is the most deadliest, awesome thing. I'm Aboriginal. This is so cool. It was fun. It was exotic. I just thought it was the most amazing thing in the world. So then you might know this, we all have like our honorary cultures. So because of my blended appearance, I have been assumed as Greek, Maltese, Indian, Spanish, depending on my hair colour and my makeup that day, which means I have a lot of honorary elders and a lot of honorary aunties. I've got Argies, Gigi's, abuelas coming up to me, pinching my cheeks, praying over me saying, Renee, you married yet? Oh, we pray for you. And I love it. I get access to food. I get access to the dancing and I will take it all. Be all things to all people, doesn't the Bible say? So I, you know, I do love it. But there's one group of people that never, ever mistake who I am and that's my mob. As soon as I meet them, they're like, hello, sister. I'm like, hello, sister. And immediately it's family. And um, so that's a little bit about about me, so you've got a bit of history. Oh, there's my family there. This is us at Waddy Goes Beach. It's in Byron Bay. It's our family name, my name, my dad's dad's. And this is where my dad and his family grew up, water people. And these are all my beautiful nieces and all my family. And my family are all sitting over in the corner. Here you guys want to give a wave? Yay, that's all my family. And it's actually amazing that we're all here together. We haven't actually been in church together for over five years because we're all in ministry and we're all serving God and God just has used us and moved us around to my mum's poor heart, detriment with us all, but we're here together. And my parents actually just both celebrated their 70th birthday this month. So um, happy birthday, mum and dad. Speaking of elders, (laughs) my parents... You know, today I do want to dedicate, um, I want to talk about our elders, but not just because it's NAIDOC week, but because God cares about our elders. And I want to draw some things from the Word of God about our elders that will bless us because we need to look after our elders. Because guess what? You're going to be one one day. Hey. So Proverbs 16.31 says, Grey hair is a crown of splendour and is attained in the way of righteousness. Now, even though some of you cover your grey hairs, your wisdom still shines through and we honour you. And so we're going to now look at the Word of God, three reasons why we need to honour our elders. Point number one, because they give us wisdom and guidance. Have you ever been like on a trip overseas or gone somewhere you haven't gone before and you, you talk to someone who's just come back? And they tell you like what to not go to, where to go and give you some tips. That's our elders. They've done this trip before. They've been around the circuit a few times and they've got so much wisdom to give us. It's not textbook. It's life, experience. And there's nothing greater than listening to the testimony of others and listening and leaning into the wisdom of others. 
I'll tell you a bit of a story about me. I, when I went to uni um, at 20, I barely got in, by the way, <laughs> but I did. Praise the Lord. And I was invited to be a part of a program. It was an Aboriginal program called the Gadigal Program because that's the lands that the Sydney Uni was on. I was offered support as an Aboriginal student, free photocopying in a study room and a mentor, just a little bit of extra support. And because of what was happening in that time of my life, I rejected that. I was like, I don't want that because that's for real black fellas and I'm not a real black fella because I wasn't allowed to be. I wasn't allowed to actually have my inheritance. Well, I was from my people, but other people, I'd hear things like, you get all the benefits or all these stereotypes. And as a young girl growing up, actually it was the first time ever in my life I felt ashamed to be Aboriginal because I don't want... I don't want any extra handouts. I, I, I'm not like that. I, I don't want to be like the whole bludger or this. This was the language that was really around me when I started going to uni, not in, not in school. And I was like, well, I get that, okay, yeah. I've got means, I've got parents, I've got this, and I, was, I couldn't understand it. So I absolutely said, no, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of that community. But some elders who were very wise and very gracious called me in and said, bub, because that's how they say that, bub, can we just chat with you? And they imparted a little bit of wisdom and guidance to me. And they said, you've got an opportunity in your hands. Now you, sure, you might have privilege and you might have means, but there's an opportunity here for you to do something and do something good with it. Because what you don't know is that you have it because someone else in your family might have actually had to work a little bit hard for you to get that. You think you just have it, but you don't understand someone's covered you. Someone's shielded you. Someone's taken the brunt for you and you're just walking around free, but someone's paid a price. So the best thing you can do to honour your elders, someone who's gone before you, is take what's been given, but give it back. Do something with it. I've learned later in life, I didn't know that there was a word of God behind that, but now I do. And it's actually been a motto that has stuck with me. It says in Romans 15, verse 1 to 2, those of us who are strong and able in faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what's most convenient for us. Strength is for service not status. Each of us needs to look after the good of the people around around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? So I've got an opportunity in my hand and it might look like privilege. So I have two choices. I either reject that or I take the gift, the free gift that's given to me and make something with it. You tell me where that sits with you, but I know what I was going to do with it. You know, the only reason why half of us have anything that we have is because someone paid a price. You are ahead because someone did something for you. So we need to take what we have been given and give it back. We need to pour it out. And sometimes you don't really understand what happened. But God is encouraging you to take it and run with it. Do something good with what is given in your life. Like I said, this is a valuable lesson I still hold on to today. And I thank my elders for that because I wouldn't have known that if they hadn't have given me a bigger perspective because of their wisdom and guidance because of what they've lived. 
Okay, the second reason why we honour our elders. Legacy and heritage. Deuteronomy 32 verse 7 says, Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father and he will tell you. Your elders and they will explain to you. Now, I didn't grow up with my parents talking to me about the stuff they had to walk through in their generation because they took that and wanted to create big shoulders for me to grow on. They wanted to move our generation forward. So, but there was a time when I had to go, Dad, Mum, what was your story? What did that look like for you back in the 40s, no, 50s, 60s, 70s? I don't know. I don't want to remember. <laughs> but what was that like? I had no idea what my dad actually had to walk through as a young Aboriginal man because he didn't actually hand that over. I had to ask about it. So my parents shielded me a lot from our history, but not to protect me as a young person so I could grow up in confidence. But there was a time when I needed to learn. And so, you know, my dad, I'll give you a picture. If you want to chuck up a picture of my dad. I This is my dad, Regimental Sergeant Major. And he's a warrior. Warrior spirit is the way that he says it. His heart is resilience, loyalty and service to others. So that's what the legacy I was able to take from my dad. That was my inheritance. Because he actually went to war for things for me. Because he took what was in his hands to help others. And I got that legacy now in me. But I realised it actually didn't start with my dad. Because my dad has elders that he learnt that from. If you want to go to the next slide, I have a whole history of warriors in my family. All of these men are my, aren't my dad's. This is my dad's father. My, they all, my, my great uncles and my dad's great, um, you know, all his great uncles. And they all went to war in World War I and World War II. And Uncle Vincent on the side never came back. He, he went to North Africa, El Alamein. He didn't come back, didn't come home. Fighting for a country that actually didn't even recognise him as a citizen. But that wasn't an issue because he had a warrior spirit. There was something bigger to fight for. And I love that. That's my legacy. That's my inheritance. But guess what? That's all of us because we all have Anzacs and servicemen and women that have gone to war for us. So we honour our elders because they paid a price. And you know what? There's going to be a day you're going to pay a price for the next generation too. And you're going to want that back. And so that's why we sew it in. So that is why we honour our elders. And I thank you, Mum and Dad. Thank you for what you've done for me. I want to honour my parents. And I love that you're here today and happy birthday too. (laughs) You know, it doesn't matter what context. We all have elders to honour. Right now sitting in this church is probably church elders. They prayed for you to be here. There are people that have prayed and made a way, have bought the seats, bought the carpet, the lights, the sound. There are people that have sowed deep wells and you'll never know them. Doesn't matter, God knows them. But it's important that we honour the people that go before us because it actually brings back a blessing for you and you're teaching an honour culture to our next generations. And just in case you're thinking, I don't really have any elders well, I want to introduce you to some. In Hebrews 11, we all have elders of the faith that we can lean on, who have already walked what we're ever going to walk when it comes to things in God. Let me introduce you to some. Abel, 
He was known for his righteous offering. Noah, he was instructed to build the ark under God. Abraham left his homeland in obedience. Sarah, Abraham's wife, displayed great faith in the promise of God, having a child at an old age. Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. Joseph endured trials and became a prominent prime minister. Rahab, a Canaanite woman who protected the Israelites and spies and demonstrated great faith in God. We have elders in the Hall of Faith. There's nothing they haven't walked through that we're not going to have to walk through. And we get the benefit of gleaning off their lives. So my last point about our elders. Why do we honour our elders? It's as simple as this, because God commands us to. Drop the mic and a point. (laughs) But let's go a little bit deeper. Leviticus 19.32 says, Stand up in the presence of the age, show respect for the elderly and revere your God. I am the Lord. Honouring our elders is not only a cultural value, but it's a commandment from God. Because when we revere His elderly, that's the wrong words, when we reveal, revere the elderly, we demonstrate a reverence for God Himself. In this act of obedience is a real reflection of your faith because you are operating in the way that God has asked you. I know sometimes it might not be easy. There might be elders that you think, oh, that was a bit harsh, mum or dad. But that's not what God, our God's asking you to honour them because they did the best they could and you're here because of whatever they did and you turned out all right. Look to your neighbour and say, you're all right. <laughs> Say, you're deadly. Yeah, now we're talking. You know, Matthew 10, uh, 41, and this isn't in the notes there, Steve, so don't worry if you can't find it. But it does say um, about an honour's reward. When you honour the elderly, when you honour the prophet, there is a reward that comes back into your life. So Psalms 92 verse 14 to 15 says, They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, The Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in Him. So I thought, why not in this moment of honour, let's pray and honour our elders right now. If you're watching online and you're an elder, a grandma, you've made a way, you are, you know, you've seasoned in life. If you're a spiritual elder, an elder in the church, if you're an Aboriginal elder, Torres Strait Islander elder, carrying sacred knowledge, such precious stuff that God has given you, we want to pray for you. So if you're an elder, can I just ask you to lift your hand? Because we want to just acknowledge who you are. Is there anyone here who's an elder? Yes, that means maybe you're a grandparent. Yes, we've got some elders here. Can we just clap for our elders? Amen. Well, let's just pray for our elders. God, we thank You for our elders. We thank You for our Indigenous elders and the sacred knowledge of the land, language and customs and ceremonies that You preserved in them, which is a testimony to Your faith. You've kept them a remnant and You're going to revive all of that knowledge to bless this nation. 
God, we just thank You for a blessing upon all of our elders. God, keep them in good health, strength and peace. Let them know that their days ahead are better than the days before. Let them feel love, respect and support. God, I pray as a younger generation that we walk alongside them and that we would lean into their counsel and be guided by their wisdom. We pray for grace and comfort over our elders as they face their challenges of loneliness or health issues. Provide them with strength and reassurance, reminding them that they are worth it. They are worth all the love and there's so much more. They are generals and give them that mantle and authority, God. So we thank You for the gift of our elders. Protect their lives, reflect Your faithfulness through them. Let their presence remind us of Your grace and guide us to honour and respect them so that their legacy can inspire us and future generations. In Jesus' Name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, we thank you, Elders. I've actually realised that even as a very young person, I'm actually an Elder anyway because I have children that I am ministering to and I'm much older than them and done a lot of life experience. And so I want to share with you uh, really quickly a painting that I did just to switch switch it up a little bit. Um, and I painted this in 2020. It was COVID season. There was a lot of unrest and a lot of things happening. And yeah, here's the video of me and a beautiful artist named Debbie Campus. She paints striking pictures of celebrities, Right. So, but I said to her one day, do you want to paint a picture together of an Aboriginal child? And she almost fell off the chair because God had said to her to do the same thing. So we got together and we collaborated over about six months. I actually hadn't held a paintbrush in like five years. And we started to paint this picture and all I saw was an Aboriginal child with a crown. But that's how I think every kid should see their future. Every kid should have a vision of their future. But I started to pray and say, God, what does that look like for our Aboriginal children? What should they see when they see their future? So I started to paint this picture. And to be honest, I did not know what was going to unfold. And even over the time when we were painting the picture, it um, things started to change in our church. We started to get into the schools and started to invite kids to conferences. It was amazing. So me and Debbie Campus painted this over, like I said, maybe nine months, six to nine months, and I felt the prophetic flow as I painted it. And I just want to share with you what the story is, if that's all right. So the top is the crown. Everyone's called to wear a crown. We all are children of God, the Most High. The band is about the mind, the renewing of the mind, a lot of renewing of the mind. We all need that. Our children need to have the mind of Christ. Those symbols of the little peep, oh, people, the U-shape sitting in the sand, that's elders. Twelve and elders. Think about that, the disciples. The three rings in the middle is the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, central to their thinking. We have the eagle's feathers that come out from the top which talks about their leadership, soaring on the wings of eagles. The peafowl talks about their creativity, their glory, like the, the train of glory that comes around you and God gets around you and spies your gifts, your place. He's on top of a mountain, king of the mountain, a perspective to see out wide. Um, on the one side, we have the emu tracks and we have the kangaroo tracks. Talks about teaching and law. Hey, law, that's values. We all have values. You go to bed by six o'clock or 10. We have values that we operate in. They are values. We have our teachings, the things that we teach our kids. The wells, 
They're all communities and that is wells of living water of Christ running through all communities. And the colours, purity, spirit, the red, bloodshed and trauma, but also a God that understands every single trauma who walked it, the blood of Jesus. And then the colours are our Torres Strait Islander colours and our Aboriginal colours because, you know, I want every kid to see that and feel like they own this. This is what I want. Well, this is what I felt God showed me about our children in their future, which is what your children in your future need to see for themselves as well. In fact, oh, thank you. Sometimes you need to see what we're building. There's nothing threatening about that. But can I just tell you what is important is that I hope you see yourself in this picture because you're a child of God and you have a story, a sacred story that you're living out and God has a vision and a hope for your life. He has a painting for you. There is something that you are living out and it's important and God cares about you. But you know what? That vision is only lived through a relationship in Jesus Christ. And so just like this child, like I said, with a hope and a future, God made a way for you to have a hope and a future. When He laid down His Son, we're talking about we only have what we have because someone gave up something. Or we have an elder in heaven, a heavenly Father, who gave everything for you when He gave His Son, Jesus to die on the cross so that you can have a clear vision of your hope and your future and what God wants to do with you in your life. We live in a broken world, yeah. There's sin, there's pain. But He paid the ultimate price. He had no sin, He became sin, died a sinner's death. So everyone who believes, case closed, believes, can have this future and receive eternal life. His name is Jesus. He saved my life. He changed my life around. Don't have the time to tell you the things He saved me from. But He is a sure thing and He is real and He's doing great things in this nation, but He cares about you and He knows you.